Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and today we have someone with us who has built two successful businesses, and while doing that and generating over $100 million in sales, he also stayed engaged with his family relationships with his wife, with his kids, and was an active part of their lives. And that is what this whole podcast is about. That's what we're here for. So I'm really excited about this conversation. So welcome everybody, Tyler Jeffcoat. And this is going to be fun because usually people come on and we talk about one business to family ratio, but you did two businesses. So welcome, Tyler, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks, Wanda, for having me. And by the way, uh, that was the most uh, incredible intro because you you oversold me a little bit. So I have started two businesses. They've both been successful. I am a fractional CFO for a huge pile of clients. Both of my com- companies have been seven-figure companies. So just to you know, make sure we're being accurate there. there I, I aspire yes. to create. <laughs> yeah. So you know, cumulatively, probably upwards of 25 million in revenue over a few years, but not, not a hundred million, but we're getting there. We're, we're going to get there. So <laughs> I, I'm glad to be on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yes, you bet. And thank you for that clarification. Yes, I did mean that you have helped your clients and that is, that is the big picture here. So that is really amazing though, with your own businesses as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about your business. You're the founder and CEO of Seller Accountant. So what what was the inspiration behind this business, first of all? Well, I, I had the privilege of joining a startup right out of grad school a little over a decade ago. And that was a really neat business for uh, addressing some healthcare needs in the space. And it was time to exit that business. And Emily, my wife, who's amazing, you know, hey, let's go anywhere, just not a city. We're, we're close enough to Atlanta that that's kind of the hot spot. And man, we hate traffic. And so if you don't want to go get a day job, you've now sold a company, it's time to build something. And I had been an eBay seller back when I was in college playing in a band, you know, at University of Georgia. And I was one of those nerds, by the way, that sang in an acapella group on campus and was, you know, nerd central, but I was building guitars and buying the parts. And so I've always kind of been attracted to e-commerce. And so when I needed something to do, you know, I'm selling this other company, uh, I'm an accountant by trade. So what do I do? I don't, I don't know. What's the idea? And I, I had a, a cup of coffee with a friend of mine who, who mentioned how, how rapidly Amazon is growing as a space and yeah. it got my attention because we, we're Amazon junkies. I don't feel great about it, but everything in our house comes from Amazon. <laughs> and so we started looking at it and there just weren't any accounting firms out there giving these um, men and women a leg up. And so from a mission standpoint, uh, Jeff Bezos is going to make a lot of money this year. He's going to have a great year. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. Uh, the, the the executive team of Shopify or Target or Walmart, those guys are going to be just fine. Don't worry about them. But it's the mom and pop shop running a $1 million brand or a $2 million brand that are that are really betting the farm, so to speak, to get this business off the ground. And they are up against the biggest financial giants in the world. And I just found myself really rooting for that guy. I wanted him to win. And 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 then the other part of it is when I started my first small business, 
And, and guys, I'm an accountant that was a banker and I have a finance MBA and I still almost crashed this business like every other week for two years. And so I realized how I'm, how, by the way, there's a big difference between having an education and having experience in something. Definitely. Yes. Yes. And so the experience of starting my first business taught me, okay, we got to run this business by the numbers. And so uh, when I sold that one and, and started the seller accountant, again, that was the battle cry is I could, I could kind of empathize finally with, with real entrepreneurs being like, yes, I know what it feels like to have cold sweats in the fetal position at two 30 in the morning, praying that you can make payroll. <laughs> right. And so that's kind of our battle cry. We, we, we do bookkeeping. We do fractional CFO just for these e-commerce brands that are trying to grow. That's so cool. And I love that battle cry because you could feel the entrepreneurial spirit and because you know it firsthand of those ups and downs. And just that's so cool that you want to root for the little guy. Um, and I, I have to agree, we we get everything from Amazon, but more and more I've been like, oh, I just want to find a shop with a cool story and and why they do their product. And I want to buy from them because, yeah, it's convenient to do from Amazon, but the stuff just comes and goes. And anyways, so I love, I love your mission. Um, so what was that like at the beginning with balancing your kids? How old were your kids or were you even married when you started doing this business? Yeah, no. So Emily and I were, were on staff with a campus ministry called the navigators for a couple of years out of college. And so when we, uh, went from being full-time missionaries to the market crashing in 2008. It was time to get a job because that was not a good time to be a funded missionary. And so I went back to work at a bank and she went back to work also. And so all that to say, we made the decision to, I, I was in grad school learning learning how to do things that were interesting in business, but I didn't like the culture of the company I worked for. Mm-hmm. And so just decided to quit and start a company. And, and it turns out that we had a baby like a month or two before we started this this company, and so she she's an amazing partner. I, I can't believe it. she should not have said yes. Like you know, aside <laughs> from maybe just God doing this, but I'm like, hey, here was the, here's the pitch one. It was like, hey, babe, I'm thinking um, about quitting my job. I, I know we just had Maggie like a month ago, and I think I'm going to start a business in an industry we've never worked in with someone you've never met that's going to fund it. What what, what do you say? And, <laughs> And, and you know, it's like you know that God's just in it because she's like, I think God's in it. Let's do it. And so we did it, and it worked out. It was really hard, and um, and so we had the second child, Bonnie. We have two girls; they're eight and ten now. They're amazing. Uh, Bonnie, kind of during the journey. So my kids have kind of grown up at this point with like, Dad lives this strange lifestyle where he's, you know, working from home sometimes, sometimes in the office, sometimes traveling, but. Uh, I've, I've been able to be more present than not present. And that's something yeah. I'm really grateful for. That's so cool. And I love, I love the pitch because that is definitely at the beginning of entrepreneuring. It looks like more risks than anything. And yes. I, I love your spouse's response. Like God's in it. So let's go for it. Why, why would we not? So that is so cool. Um, what would you say then um, now that you have your businesses, your kids, family life, like what is your main focus to be able to make sure that that stays balanced, that you don't just, because it is fulfilling as an entrepreneur. We love what we do and we're passionate about it. So how do you not get so sucked into that, still enjoy it, but also um, keep that balance with being engaged and fulfilled at home? I wish I could say I'd never get sucked into it, right? So I think there is a little bit of a dance, and and you mentioned this earlier before we start recording. Just perfection can't really be the mark here. It's what can we do to get a little bit better? 
And so for me, a big thing that helped a few years ago was uh, I joined a mastermind of other men trying to lead businesses and their families at the same time. And I had these guys encourage me to come up with a vision for my life that wasn't just professional. So we, we called it come as you will be in 2023. And it was the idea of, you know, what does my life look like personally, spiritually, relationally, professionally, and financially. And that was, it was a really powerful exercise for me to actually envision, okay, wait a minute. It's December 31st, 2023. My marriage looks like this. My relationships with my kids look like this. Uh, you know, my bank account looks like this. And so I think the balance part of your question, Wanda, is really just taking the time to discover what your real goals are. And if you only have one goal and the easiest goal, by the way, for most entrepreneurs is, Ooh, let's make more money. And, and I'm as ambitious to make more money as anyone you could meet, except it's not my most important thing. It just isn't. And it can't be. And I, I was in a mastermind with some guys in Atlanta where the most miserable guys in the group were the ones with the most money. And they had reached a point in their lives where their kids hated them and they were not married anymore. And that was a real turning point for me about eight years ago to say, it's just not worth it. Life's too short. And, and so, and so this thesis is born one. And I think you're trying to live this out. Also, I was listening to some of your episodes. I love this stuff, but the thesis is this, I think it's possible to make a great living, to crush it in whatever you're called to do and still be fully present with your family. And so to your question, I wish I could say I get that balance right every day. I don't, but uh, more often than I would have had I stayed in the corporate job that would have had me travel a lot and be on the road a ton. I, I get to I get to be the one that it's my fault now. And I can say, okay, I get to change things if I need to, right? Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing. I really love too, in your form that you filled out to come on my podcast, you talked about that concern of being able to make mistakes and come on and like change accordingly. And so that comes out right there is as an entrepreneur, as a dad, you're able to see the mistakes and adjust and change and move forward with that. But you're right in corporate. If you see the mistakes, you can kind of do a little dance. You can hope that you can get a little leeway here and there, but there's so much less control and less, um, I don't want to say opportunity because there's always amazing opportunities, but there's just not that element of uh, experimentation that is possible when you're an entrepreneur. So I love that too, that it's not a defined thing yet. It's just a little adjustments here and there as you can go. Um, so what would you say like is the story or the, what is the gem that comes up for you when you, um, or that really, what's the word I'm looking for? Took your life from just trying to see if this could work and inspired you to stay on it. Even when things got dark, like what's the moment that that really um, sunk in for you and became like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And just to make sure I clarify the question, is this specific to entrepreneurship or to seller accountants or <laughs> to life in general? I just want to make sure I'm grabbing the question because it's a good one. Yeah. With, with just being an entrepreneur with, knowing that you can do that and being a father at the same time, like what, like that's a crazy dream. And a lot of people are like, no way, that's too hard. So what was it for you? What was the story or the moment that made that actually like, yeah, let's go for it. That, that's a, I love this question. Thank you for asking it, Wanda. So when I, when I was in college, I did not view myself as an entrepreneur at all. So I, there are some people that I know growing up with, they were like, that guy's going to start a business or that girl's going to start a business. And 
I really identified as a corporate guy. My dad was a corporate guy for a big chunk of his career. But I guess naturally was the dude that kind of organized my friends. If we were going to play football in the backyard, I was the one that would call 10 people to get him in to do it. I just, I was naturally a collector of people. But I, I but guys, I graduated and worked for ministry. And then when that didn't work out, I got a job working for <laughs> one of the fortune, you know, 10 banks or whatever. Right. And, and I think the turning point for me, uh, was actually out a little closer to you. I had the privilege of hiking through the Grand Canyon with my dad and my father-in-law. Literally, I'm talking about a matter of weeks after my first child was born. So first of all, thank you, Emily, for letting me go hike through the Grand Canyon <laughs> when you had a sick week old at home. But we, we'd already planned the trip and it was great. And I just asked these guys, I'm like, guys, I'm really feeling some culture clash at this bank that I'm working at. And I have an opportunity to, to potentially join a startup, an investor who wants to invest in me. What do you think? And I wholeheartedly expected both these men to be like, eh, you got a kid now. It's time to really you know, protect the salary. But both of them uh, said, you have what it takes. You can do it. This is the time. Go for it. And so for me, the turning point was having these two men that I respect look me in the eye and say, you can do this. I think you got to go for it. And so I'm grateful if they, if, if all three of them, I, I mentioned Emily earlier, but if Emily dad and my father-in-law, Jeff hadn't all three been like, yeah, this is a, this is something you had to go for because it wasn't any easier because of that the first year of both of these startups uh, candidly was miserable. I mean, it's exciting, but it's lonely trying to find a path to revenue and, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do your laundry. I'll shine your shoes. I'll do your accounting. Just give me money. I'll do anything for you. But I think have the support of people around you who have confidence. So once that happened, and then even through the ups and downs of that first startup, uh, it'd be hard to go get a job now because I've I've done it enough now to be like, well, I think I need control. <laughs> I don't feel great about that, but I think I need to be able to write the the the, the plan and, and try to execute on it. Yeah, and that's so cool. I love in today's world, we're all about like life coaching and making sure that you can like just be confident in yourself, but there is such a gift and something so powerful with the community that you surround yourself with, with the people and the fact that like you said, you wouldn't have been able to, or you don't feel like you would have taken that step forward if all three hadn't said, yeah, you can do this. And that's such a powerful testament to those listening that if there are people in your life that when you bring up ideas and they're like, that sounds crazy. Like you, you should do safe. You should not do that. It, it's a, such a powerful opportunity to take that time to reflect and be like, are these people really having my best interest at heart? Or are they trying to keep me safe? Like, do they actually know you if they think that you can't but shoot for the stars? So that's such a cool thing. And that leads me to the question too. Um, what was it like for you growing up? Like, was it always this dream big, do anything you want type of a mentality at home? Or or what was it that your parents, that you feel like your parents did so well that enabled you to keep excelling and keep going forward? That's yeah, another good question, Wanda. I, I, I mean, my parents, uh, my dad's an extremely smart, hardworking guy and was very demonstrated work ethic to an extreme growing up for my brother and sister and I really worked hard and really, really made it, made it clear to me. I'm realizing how grateful I am in hindsight that he made it clear to me how proud he was of me. So I think there's an element of like, we had a, we had a great dad. My mom's most, most gifted person I've ever met in my entire life is my mother. Um, she has struggled with addiction during a big chunk of her life. And so 
you know, there's some gaps there candidly. Um, but in the most important years early, she was hard on us in a really good way. Like we really had high standards in our home and great structure. And I'll, I'll never forget, even in, I think it was like second grade, my mom making up a song to help me remember a spelling word that I couldn't figure out. And so I, I realized in hindsight, although we had some struggles and, and honestly, some trauma in our family growing up, I'm really grateful that my parents uh, pushed me and believed in me. But I'll be honest, there's a flip side of that where I maybe went into college with a bit of a chip on my shoulder also. If I'm just being completely candid with you, Wanda, where there was a little bit of a, I want to do things a little bit differently. And so I, I think both sides of that have kind of molded who I've become. And um, I find myself grateful for all all of it. And most of it was good, but even the bad, I find myself grateful for now in hindsight. Yeah. And so good. I love too that. Um it's so true that it feels like a chip on our shoulder when we want to do things differently. But the more and more that I like just doing family history and world history and, and we do homeschool. So I, we talk history all the time with my kids. And the more and more that I dive into it, the more I'm just like profoundly grateful for every generation that wanted to do it different. Because can you imagine if we still lived like the cavemen because we were like, no, 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 we can't change. We can't do it different. That would be disrespectful to our parents. Like they live that way. So we don't have to. So I think that's an incredible tribute to your parents, not something to say that it wasn't good enough. And so I love, I love where you came from. Um, so now with your kids, how, like, what's your main focus? What's your biggest concern and drive to make sure that they have what they need or what, what is the thing that you feel like they need the most that you're focusing on trying to give them? Yeah, this is, so I think if there's two gifts I can give my children, I want it to be, I mean, there's, there's some, like, I want them to know the Lord and I want them to have a happy life. I mean, some of the like really broad things, but I think really dialing in on an emotional level, I want my children to know that they are unconditionally loved um, by Emily and I and by their heavenly father in a way that they couldn't possibly screw up. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I want them to believe on a, on a real like visceral, emotional, automatic level that they have what it takes to run after whatever they want to run after. And so, so much of our parenting, which is, which is very, which is flawed, you know, but, but it includes opportunities for our kids to try new things, to try to develop grit to try to do things that are hard and some of them they fail it doesn't work out and it's okay mm -hmm. and and then part of it is we just try to include them in our journeys uh, my my wife is uh two or three steps into potentially buying a local dance studio oh. that's not far from us where she can exercise some of her gifting and and invest in children and so it's really been fun to see my girls observe emily kind of, uh, and it hasn't even happened. It's so emotional. There's ups and downs. And I'm not even sure if a deal is going to come together, but they're getting to observe her really showing a lot of resilience and a lot of focus. Yeah. And so that's been fun. Yeah, that is so cool. I love when parents are willing to, to mess up in front of their kids too, because that's like the best teacher for our kids to feel like they can mess up. Um, it reminded me of a story when my my oldest was seven-ish. I forget for sure, but I get to say seven. And she still hadn't learned how to ride a bike. And it was terrifying her because she didn't want to fall down and she was worried about getting hurt. And so eventually we were like, okay, 
instead of trying to teach you, we'll just spend time with you and here's your bike and, and, but like, we're not going to touch it. We're not going to push it anymore. You have to figure it out. And eventually like she kept getting a little bit more brave, a little more brave. And, and the first time that she went like sailing down the road and was just pedaling as fast as she could, she biffed it and she biffed it hard. And I just went running over there and I hugged her and I just held her close and made sure like she was felt safe again. And then as soon as she was dead sobbing, I looked her in the eyes and I said, I'm so proud of you for finding something worth falling for. And that's kind of like our mantra that is stuck because before it wasn't worth it to her. The pain that she might go through was not worth the bike ride. But Mm -hmm. then like more and more, our kids love to do things that they might get hurt because that like what exactly what you're talking about. That's like the mantra that we need to be able to give our kids the next generation that they need to feel good about failing. It's like such a idealistic idea right now that to be perfect, to do perfect things and to be perfect at everything. It's like, no, don't do it. Just, just enjoy failing. So I love that that is a focus for you right now. Um, What would you say then for the parents who are listening and they're wanting to be able to give their kids that gift. They're wanting to help them, but they're scared and they don't want their kids to hurt and they don't want that to happen. What would you say is the very first step or something that has helped you to be able to navigate that? Well, and uh, just to be fair, it's a focus and a concern. So I think that's, that's to any parent that says, yes, that's cool, but man, I'm not doing it. You know, uh, what I would say to you is, well, last week I had a couple of days where I wasn't either. Right. So I just, just know that I think the, the struggle is real, but we are in a society right now where our children desperately need to skin their knees on bikes and dare I say, break a rule every once in a while or try something that's risky and, and so it does take some encouragement. So I think I, this is my opinion on it. I think, again, going back to my number, I've got two. You are unconditionally loved. There's nothing you can do to screw that up. And you have what it takes. You've got this. Let's try it. And then just trying to find ways to kind of uh, almost to use your analogy, let's find ways to put training wheels on that to say, uh, this is an experiment last summer. I was listening to your, I think it was episode 31, uh, your recap of a finance episode. You did a really good job on it, by the way. And you talked about how your habits and your mindset kind of scale, uh, which by the way, is really resonant in my industry because we sometimes have businesses come into a seller accountant and they're like, Ooh, if I could just raise a million dollars, then I'd be profitable. And it really doesn't work that way. Like the way you manage your life and your money today is going to scale, whether you're scaling a fire that burns money or, and, or energy or whatever it is, or whether you're scaling something really good. And so for our kids, uh, we tried to do some baby steps to do like an investment project for them and a giving project. Cool. And a, can we hustle? And, and then all of a sudden they were like making things out of paper to try to sell to their friends. And, <laughs> um, and I, I don't, I think I bought as many of them as got bought. Right. And so there wasn't a lot of it, but it was, the, the point was, is they got to try it. And, And so, but then just to be honest, like with the struggle, like one of our kids is naturally more gifted than the other. And yet she's also the one that is less resilient to failure. Like she's a little bit more like, if I can't do it perfect, I don't know if I want to try because that's really scary. And so it requires a different tact. Like, and I'm just learning this, by the way, I I am, uh, my dog's a male, but I'm surrounded in a sea of estrogen here at the house. (laughs) Love them. I'm happy to be here. But it was a different touch required for number one versus number two in terms of Definitely. creating an encouraging environment. And 
yeah, we probably get it wrong as often as we get it right, but it's, you know, don't give up. Yeah. So cool. So one of the things that I heard you say in that though, is this idea of a different touch. And I really like uh, this topic or this uh, part of parenting is so intriguing to me because as a parent, we hear all the time, like, well, this child needs this kind of parenting and this child needs this kind of parenting. And, uh, and because they're different, they just come different. Our, our first two are daughters as well. And they could not be more night and day difference in looks, in hobbies, in how they process things. Like they are a world of different. And um, it's very tempting to show up differently for them. But I love how in the business world, if you try to do that, it would never work. If you tried to show up as a different human for different employees, like one of them would feel like they're getting the better version of you. And the other one would be like, why are you treating me so different? And it's the same, the same for our kids. It's not, you don't need to be different, but maybe a different touch, maybe a different like understanding in that moment is applicable. So I love that key insight that you gave to the people listening. Um, Well, before we go, for those who are resonating with who you are and what you do, and they want to be a part of more of your business and get your help inside of their business, um, what is the best place for them to go? Yeah. Well, thank you for, for saying that. So, I mean, Tyler Jeffcoat with one F, you can Google me and there's, there are not many one F Jeffcoats out there. So you'll find us, but selleraccountant.com is our website. If you know any e-commerce or Amazon sellers looking to make better choices with their money, we'd love to help them. And then I also have a little fledgling baby version of Wanda's podcast called Return on Podcast. So it's the, the idea of what, what what's the intersection of investing and uh, strategy and finance for e-com. So if you ever considered, you know, opening an e-commerce business and just wanted to hear me talk with my friends about how to make money online, um, love to have you check out the return on podcast. Oh, so cool. Such a good resource because that is truly when we start listening to the different ways of doing things and just filling our world with new words, that's where creation starts. So what a great resource. Everybody that's listening, please go check out his podcast and his website. Get his help because Tyler is one of those people that is changing the world for the better. So thank you so much, Tyler, for being here. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.